Hey everyone, this is Colin. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to put this warning here at the start that uh, we do spend the first 15 minutes or so of this episode talking about the Mason Greenwood allegations and case, um, as well as uh, you know the persistence of rape culture and sexism in uh, pop culture as a whole and sport especially, and um, you know the the club's responsibility in tackling that and uh you know all of that so yeah we i just wanted to put this warning here that uh that's going to be happening for the first 15 minutes or so and then afterward we get into middlesbrough and uh team news a little bit as well as loan news so um yeah thanks for tuning in Welcome back to another episode of the Busby Bay Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Dams, joined by Nathan Heinschel and Polly Questel. Uh, once again, uh, Manchester United is back this week playing Middlesbrough. Um, unfortunately, though, we have some Yay. Uh, news that we need to discuss and get out of the way first. Um, as everyone probably knows, over the weekend, Mason Greenwood was arrested and is being investigated on suspicion of sexual assault and uh, threats to kill his girlfriend who posted really disturbing images of her injuries allegedly sustained from attacks by Mason Greenwood and as well as an audio of uh, pretty graphic uh, sexual assault. Um, Mason Greenwood is no longer with the team. Um, they've said that he won't return to training or play until further notice. Um, they've not specifically said that he is suspended and um we're assuming he's going to face both of the charges that he's investigated for based on the evidence that was made public. Um, this obviously isn't, you know, the realm to discuss this too much, but this is uh, pretty shocking news um, that hit the Manchester United universe this week. And, um, you know, it's something that in sports has often gone just um, ignored for a really long time. So we wanted to do it do justice. And um, yeah, does anyone, does anyone have anything that they think they should add or that we should talk about? I don't I don't like that you use the word ignored. Because I don't think it gets ignored, sort of. I think in sports, in, in a lot of places... It gets brushed aside, maybe. I this has been this has been my biggest problem with the ordeal. Obviously, the the player, that's a whole different story and, and what he did. And in that regard, for the news break, and by the way, Colin, you did a hell of a job lawyering that, saying all the right words and the allegedly's and everything. Yeah, and thanks. I did say something on Twitter the other day about why I haven't about how they haven't used the word suspension, and 
um, immediately a bunch of people jumped in to say it's it's different in the UK than it is in America. Like they can't suspend him yet because that could muck up the case. Um, similarly, like how I don't know how it's allowed to be said on Twitter. Like if you all the screenshots that the beat reporters are posting are taking of articles that are like from the man, like his name is not mentioned and it's not supposed to be mentioned in the press because mm-hmm. that could screw up the case. So I don't know how they're able to do it on Twitter. Um, but in regards to if you just heard about this news Sunday morning, when it broke, yeah, it broke Sunday morning. Uh, in that regard, the club has handled it really well. They moved swiftly. They got rid of him. Uh, we were told that by Sunday, like by the time basically we woke up in, in America, everything, Mason Greenwood apparel has been taken out of the super, uh, the mega store, etc. My issue is, I don't think that this was the first that the club was hearing about, and that's where I've had issues wrestling with it because, like I said, it's the greater broadness of it, like. I knew that there were um, issues with the player and his relationship with his girlfriend. I did not – I had heard things that would make you say, whoa, that needs to be looked at and addressed, and it was nowhere near what the, uh, what the current allegations and the arrests are. Like that is – the stuff that it came out on Sunday was vile. The stuff I heard was – way less but serious stuff that needs to be looked at and if i knew about it especially considering the source i can't imagine that people inside the club didn't know about it the manager at the time had a has a past history of cover of helping a player i don't know if cover up is the right word for sexual assault but he right but definitely in the sense of you know that player's transfer out of norway and yeah, like didn't stop it, it. <laughs> yeah like and, it, and yeah. like you know didn't not like oh we're, we're gonna turn you into the police and that's where it you know as you said like i said i don't like how you use the word ignore because or like it's a, I don't think it's ignored in the media so much, but it's it's ignored at so many levels among a lot of other things in sports in 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 the media. We saw it uh, here in America with a prominent media personality who worked for a prominent network, and things came out, and that's when he got fired, and. I've met someone who works on that show and and this was a very informal setting and like I was like, Whoa, that did you did did you know? And the response was everybody knew what was going on. It was just, oh, keep it in house and it was once it was only once things that got out um is when they moved. And that's kind of the thing about about sports also is that at the end of the day these things get brushed aside because the number one thing is winning games and making money for the top level. And 
basically at some level when you look at it is owners are hiring players to go out there and win games. And there are very, very, very few people who have the talent and ability to go and win you games at this level. And the amount of things that clubs cover up or help their players out with so that they can be on the field to, to win them games supersedes so many things. And that's disturbing to me because I'll be honest with you. I don't think Mason Greenwood's football career is over. I think his Manchester United career is over, but even if, even if Mason Greenwood goes to jail, if he, if he gets out of jail when he still has playing years in his legs, someone will sign him and they'll say, Oh, he's been rehabilitated. He did the crime. He did the time, but someone will say you can help us win football matches. So we're going to sign you. I'm like, we've seen this how many times in the NFL? Like, wasn't there the player who like threw his girlfriend onto a bed of guns and it was like, he was released and quickly signed by somebody else because it's like the amount of things that people will look past in order to win games. It's something that, you know, there's been sort of a reckoning with in culture over the last few years of, you know, the truth coming out and in many cases, women being believed and people suffering repercussions for their actions. But there is still just a lot of, especially in sport, there's a lot of people willing to look the other way or willing to absorb all of the criticism that comes with continuing to associate associate with those people. I mean, I'd say that this is a moment where we need to continue reinforcing because as, as Polly's alluded to, you know, more, more of these reports and these stories are coming out because I think that there's at least momentum in the right direction to start curbing these attitudes and these, and these cultures, uh, um, whether it's across industry, whether it's across sport, um, you know, another thing that's been in the spotlight that you're seeing right now, like in maybe in the video game world was with, with Activision Blizzard, they're going to go through an entire house cleaning of their leadership because they've had such a toxic culture um, that's led to, to all these uh, problems. And um, so where we're focused on in, in the football sense, you know, this is this is a, a moment where we need to reflect on continuing to improve education with you know young men young adults uh boys curbing the languages that their language that is being used curbing attitudes uh expectations and and um you know attitudes towards women need to continue changing so that way cultures like this cannot perpetuate and you don't have these instances where um you know, allegedly a 19 year old player is having this kind of relationship uh, with, with his with his girlfriend. Um, and it's gotten so bad to the point that she finally felt the need to record it is 
clearly this has been a, a problem for a long time. Um, and so this is, this is a moment where we just got to look in, you know, it, it, it's an, um, I don't want to use the word opportunity. I keep like purposefully using moment, but this is, this is a moment where it's just like, we have to keep pushing in the right direction. We have to keep, you know, holding others accountable, holding ourselves accountable, making sure that, you know, even something as simple as an off color remark, you know, can be negatively impacting something down the line. Um, and doing what we can to continue to knock down uh, um, the foundations that make these these cultures persist. I mean, we're and and what we've even or what Paul even mentioned earlier about the idea that Greenwood could still have a career after he's done his time because there will be people who will you know justify to themselves that because he served time then you know the punishment has been you know you know taken care of. Um, we're seeing it this week. You've got a Scottish club that just signed a striker that was ruled to be a rapist. And now the uh, people inside the organization, fans, they're, they're in open rebellion against the leadership that has done this because it's like, no, this is, this should, this should not represent us. This should not re- represent our club. We cannot have, you know, these things persisting that can, develop a toxic culture. Another thing that we've seen this week uh, over in Spanish football, Rayo Vallecano uh, have a women's coach who made a gang rape remark and they're standing by the coach. And it's this is one of those things we have to take even the simplest things like the language that people use very seriously. And we have to condemn it when it's used because otherwise that is just a stepping stone to bigger and bigger problems right and um you know unfortunately some of that comes back on the club as well with you know the manner in which they've acted on social media and in you know personal pr for number seven i mean cristiano ronaldo somebody who you know this club and his previous club have gone about doing whatever they can to build up his character and his reputation as a good person wherever they can. And that's, that's the other thing. Like when I said, when I said like the club makes a choice, right. Is you is, I, I don't, I don't think you're ever going to get to the point of saying like, everybody has their own level of hypocrisy and, you and you can have your your own different levels of he wasn't found guilty etc and but the bottom line is like yeah okay so even if the club comes to this thing of like well he wasn't found guilty etc you don't have to go on this social media offensive and have and the manager be speaking and, and all start talking about how he's a great human like that's a choice and we've we've said this before. Like, there are some great Edinson Cavani stories that are hardly out there about what a what a great human he is. Like, why are we not promoting that? But yet we're going with this guy who has a very questionable past, and we're trying to be like, oh, it's not like just be like we signed Cristiano Ronaldo, who is an unbelievable football footballer. He scores a lot of goals. We're hoping he scores a lot of goals. That's what he's here for. Instead, you're just getting the 
yeah, he scores a lot of goals, but what a great human he is. And like, we should all be looking up to him and he's, and everybody should be learning from him. It's like, and he is the, basically the personification of excellence and perfection. And it's like, it's just, that's a choice. Just like inviting a, a person who is about to face trial for domestic abuse to, to be a guest of the club is a choice. And still a club ambassador as well. Yeah. Um, all right, um, we're going to move uh, forward now uh, to talk about Manchester United, uh, you know, resuming action after a couple of weeks off. But um, we did want to make sure we gave that topic the justice it needed. Um, yeah. All right, so Manchester United versus Middlesbrough. Um, players are coming back to action. You know who's still going to be on vacation? The board. Because they <laughs> haven't been doing anything. No, they haven't. Um, well, well uh, that that's unfair. Apparently, they denied a couple deals. So, I mean, they've ship, been active. Some players off and we ship some players off on loan. <laughs> they responded they've no to a couple emails. They did not. Those two exciting midfielders that have been offered to us. Eh, we don't know who the manager is going to be. Let's not do that right now. Right. They didn't do enough for a bunch of people who, no matter what they did, would not be enough. So us. Manchester United did what I've been doing at at work where people are like, can we do these projects? And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm still trying to hire an intern. I can't I can't commit to anything until I you know, I've I've hired people underneath me to make sure that we can take on that workload. That's what that's what the board's doing right now with transfers. Yeah, we um. So the two roommates. I wish Marcial all the best in Spain. Yeah, I'm gonna learn him no um centena- centenario. I'm gonna be full on uh, Sevilla, hoping they win La Liga this season. But um, the two midfielders. Uh, I'm gonna United... do a lingo how to say glove season. <laughs> right, and then he'll come back, and it'll be, and uh, then he comes back, and then you could be like, well, he's someone that's won trophies. Like people should be learning from him. <laughs> Look at just, I'm just waiting for photos of him talking to anyone to have any kind of success. Yeah, to be open season. So the midfielders we were linked with: Bubakar, Kamara, and uh, Dennis Zakaria. Definitely two players from clubs who would like some money right now, uh, but also two pretty talented players who could have addressed needs. And um, you know, maybe not perfect fits for Manchester United, but having four mid- midfielders or th- more like three and a half midfielders is a lot better than having two and a half midfielders. So that that's my thoughts on that. But we go forward without midfielders uh, or with it's it's mind boggling. But Fred. you know, what I'll, you know, what I'll say, though, because uh, people are like big bad, obviously the messaging has been pretty consistent. Like Ragnick yep. said, Ragnick said, um, in December, they weren't going to sign anybody. But then people tried to spin it. Well, if we get rid of a few players and clear wages off the books, then then surely we'll have money. And like, what you're forgetting is the Glazers is, have always had money. <laughs> well, that's one thing. But and well, to be they don't fair, they pay Tom Brady anymore. <laughs> to be fair, the Glazers aren't spending any of their money. Like the club is spending its own money, um, and the club spends a lot of its own money. There's only there are limit there are rules that if you don't want to get into a legal battle with UEFA you do have to file to follow. And United and spent, the Blazers kind of skim off the top. 
Right. The United spends like right up to that limit. But they also said back, you know, in July, August, once Rafael Varane was signed and it was like, hey, we still need a midfielder. And it was like, cool. Yeah, we'll get one if we can get rid of some players. And they didn't get rid of some players. People took that to January. The one thing you're forgetting is that if we needed to sell players in order to afford a midfielder back then, we also added 500,000 pounds a week to the, to the wage bill. And, oh, uh, all those outgoings, those loan outgoings, that's kind of covering that. They've paid a, they've paid you're 11, not, they've paid 11 million. You're, you're not suggesting again that Cristiano Ronaldo has found a way to screw up this team. Are you? No, no, no. I'm just saying that they have paid 11 million pounds so far this season, just in wages. So forgetting fees, agents, fees, bonuses, you know, the man's got a goal bonus. Luckily he's not scoring. So we don't have to pay that. Um, he's probably got some champions league goal bonuses in there, but just in wages, they've already paid him 11 million pounds, which is, one and three quarters, Paul Pogba's, and like four, it's like four Nemanja Matiches and like three Bruno Fernandes. Like, you could have gotten your midfielder with that money, but instead, six non penalty goals is worth 11 million pounds at this stage of the season. Right. When does that shirt money come in, though? Is that like at the end of the year? Could we have spent some of that this month? Honestly, I mean, after Adidas takes their cut, we don't get a lot probably, of shirt money. It's probably not that big of a. We yeah. don't. Yeah, like the shirt money is Adidas pays us up front, and then Adidas gets like ninety five percent of the sales. Which is funny yeah, because uh, he's a Nike player. Um. Right, which is why Adidas pulled a lot of strings to get Pogba to United, and why like. Pogba is would be very hesitant to go to a PSG or a Nike club because he has a very unique contract that you, if if Nike are selling your shirts, he ain't making that scratch. Unfortunately, there is Look, right on the man, if, if Microsoft can own Call of Duty and sell it on PlayStation, then Adidas can make money off of Cristiano Ronaldo, I guess. Well, yes. But, well, well, no, the whole th- the whole th- the uh, the whole thing has been that throughout their entire careers, Messi has been an Adidas athlete who plays for Nike clubs, and Ronaldo's been a Nike athlete who's played for Adidas clubs. And it's only on their national teams have they been actually making money off of <laughs> off of those players. So like, I once read the values that like that Nike that uh, Adidas has gotten from Ronaldo is just insane and vice versa with Messi, even though that they're paid by the, by the other one. Capitalism, baby. All right. So Manchester United are back in FA cup action this Friday um, against Middlesbrough who are in league one, I believe. Weren't they, like, recently in the Premier League? They were in 2016-17. I was going to say, like, in like um, as recently as Mourinho. They've they've had a rough go of it, um, no, like some other no. clubs. <laughs> Hello. 
I know I'm the vibes analyst guy, but nope, my job are. right now is just my, my job doesn't exist anymore because there's no vibes on Manchester United. So I actually did some research for some tactics for this uh-huh. podcast. Uh, Middlesbrough's seventh in the championship right now, and they are coached by Chris Wilder, who Sheffield United teams gave mm-hmm. uh, Manchester United quite the problems in 2020 and 21. Does uh, does he still use wingbacks? No, like winged center backs. <laughs> <laughs> is, is what it was. Does he still use George Baldock esque players? Nathan, that was you. Come on. Look, man, I mean, I have my own players for my own club. I got to worry about too, you know. It looks like enough research that if you say that they're in League One, he can he can correct you. Right. Yeah. I've only been keeping up with. I thought I did really good with that. And clearly, clearly not a rough go of it because they are. They're just outside of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I'll be totally honest. I was looking at the championship table when I uh, was leading into that, and I did not see Middlesbrough. I totally missed them. So they're I under. They're right behind they West Brom, who they need to overtake West Brom because we're done with West Brom. They they should not be back in the Premier League. Blackburn Rovers at the top of this thing. Well, behind Fulham, but right. Blackburn yeah. in, in the automatic yeah. promotion zone. Yeah, there's yeah. Bournemouth. Meanwhile, Fulham is treating the championship like Manchester City. Yeah, I mean, I think for the next like three or four years, Fulham and Norwich are just going to keep switching places and never be in we, the Premier League at the same time. But like, we've got to put an end to that. There should be a rule that if you yo-yo for three straight years, like if you if you come into the Premier League three times and you you're out three. on the first year, you're you're banned for like five years. Like, we just need are new you term limits on promotion relegation. Yes, we need to like it's just annoying for Norwich to come up and suck every other year. Um, well, then maybe we I'll should tell you what though, this, mi- this this Middlesbrough team seems pretty good, but they better count their days when Derby County comes to town. That's all I got to say about that. Right. I would also I would like to see um I would like to see Middlesbrough's or I would like to see our uh away kit for next season before I officially say, oh, Middlesbrough should make it. Because when we have good away kits, I like it when there are more teams that wear red. Right. I mean, our away kits this season are pretty good. Um, They're great. We're just, they're just not going to be remembered well. Right. (laughs) Which one is technically the away kit? The light blue. The lighter color? Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. This match is going to be at Old Trafford too, so we're not going to get to see it. Um, who knows? Maybe we can wear that awful, like, yellow shorts one. God, I love the yellow shorts. You guys shut up. I like the shirt. I don't know if I love it with the yellow shorts. Oh, it's great. I thought you were an Ohio State fan. How can you put up with that? Oh, yeah, he loves the maize and blue. <laughs> he loves the maize and blue. He's wearing a maize and blue shirt right now. This is not. Do you want Jim Harbaugh to coach Manchester United, bro? This is like lime green. Although I do think it's really funny that Jim Harbaugh finally beat Ohio State and now he's immediately bolting to the NFL. I think, uh, you know, that's. Yeah, man accomplished his goals. Now he's off. Yeah, you know, he's done everything he can here. Um, how much stock do we put in the FA Cup this season? Just a lot. Just not where I think <laughs> we are right now. A lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a trophy. It's, it's what you got have a chance to win. You're. You need to you need to go for it. Now, granted, we won like two games and suddenly we're back in fourth place, which I'm not sure how that happened. 
Because well, it seems like because there's other teams in the Premier League who, uh, who haven't played, have been playing very well, or just haven't played. Right. To, to um, be honest, the Premier League outside of the top three is just kind of poopy this year. So we have a chance to be the least least. Premier. Poopy. I mean, Chelsea seem pretty poopy right now. I mean, they did just beat <laughs> they did just beat Tottenham, and Ziyech scored a very good vibes goal. But other than that, but that was but that oh, was tactical, that was incredible vibes goal. But according but according to the Athletics tactics writer, that was not individual brilliance. That was tactical. Um, <laughs> no, the the FA Cup, like, I, first of all, you need Chelsea to do something because United aren't going to beat City and Liverpool in the FA Cup. But if Chelsea does, and we don't have to play them, and you can get a favorable draw, there's an outside shot. There's a chance of winning this, depending on who you play. But, like, this team is built to play in the Cups. You just have to mm-hmm. do it the same way as Real Madrid did, and that is make everybody sacrifice the collective to defend and work hard and let Ronaldo just hang out up front and be like, hey, we need you to score a goal or two by yourself to do this. The issue is that we have 37 year old Cristiano Ronaldo and they had in his prime Cristiano Ronaldo. I will say another classic um, case of, Oh, how the turntables though, because you remember this time last year when I was saying tank all the other competitions and let's go for first place in the Premier League. Now I'm just (laughs) saying do whatever you can to get a trophy this year. Right. I will say, um, it does look like the field in terms of Premier League clubs has already thinned out a little bit because you've got, you know, obviously Man United, Chelsea, City, Liverpool, Tottenham are all still in it and hosting teams that they should beat. But, you know, Tottenham's got a pretty tricky matchup. They're hosting Brighton, who are pretty good at, you know, getting back into games. You've got Wolves and Norwich playing each other. You know, that's probably going to be Wolves. But that's, you know, two Premier League clubs taking out each other. You've got Everton and Brentford playing each other. Then you've got all these clubs like Plymouth, Huddersfield, Barnsley, you know, Fulham are playing City, Crystal Palace, Hartlepool, Peterborough, Q- QPR, Stoke and Wigan, Cambridge and Luton, um, Boreham Wood. <laughs> you know, there's uh, this is still a pretty w- wide field right now. Um, there's, you know, high chance for a pretty favorable matchup in the next round. But, uh, you know. Still have to worry about those big clubs. Uh, they still have to worry about Middlesbrough, which yeah. I don't know if you know this yet, Colin, but they have not won uh, yet. Okay. At Old Trafford? Yeah. They, oh, no. United, United are not in the hat for the fifth round draw just yet, but they will have Paul Pogba back and probably Jaden Sancho. Mm hmm. So. Or probably both of them. So that could, it'll be interesting to see how they use Pogba. Right. Match. Like, uh, I mean, I I think uh, Pogba, Bruno, Sancho, front three behind the striker sounds pretty fun. It does sound fun, but that like eliminates the whole like, hey, we don't have that. You know, exemplifies the hey, like we still don't have midfielders thing. Mm-hmm. I think maybe. Uh, you could go Pogba Matic in this game because if you can't get 90 minutes from the Manu Matic against the championship side, like that's a problem. <laughs> right. But that is still something that we're worried about. <laughs> <laughs> Cause we didn't sign anyone. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, if Middlesbrough playing with a three, five, two, they're, you know, they're going to go for width against us. 
I don't think this is a match where you can probably afford to start Alex Tellez. And it doesn't seem like Alex Tellez is going to be with the squad anyway, uh, as he was recalled to Brazil. So hopefully we get to see some Luke Shaw action. Right. He played in Brazil last night. Fred, if he did play, he came off the bench after I checked the score. But like he was with the Brazilian team and it's more the not so much that he played, but the travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are like basically until Ragnick came in. Those were the only games that Fred didn't play this this season were the ones immediately after international breaks, which is you remember Sir Alex Ferguson used to do that with like Antonio Valencia and Jisung Park and people that travel halfway around the world tend to not be in the team the first game after the international break. So that kind of might knock out Fred from contention for this game. Alex Tellez, maybe Cavani. I don't even know if Cavani was playing. That was without dangerous airborne pathogens. Right, which is still happening, apparently, allegedly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You have that, don't they? They have a midweek game also, don't they? They play like Burnley? Yep. Midweek, so you got to factor that in. They play like every midweek right now. So Burnley, get, then so Burnley Brighton, Atletico. We get two championship clubs in a row. Right, but one's, one's in good form. <laughs> The one has has one hasn't played in two months. (laughs) And uh, you well, you also any I guess any uh, unless you're going four three three, any backup for Bruno you've now basically gotten rid of. Unless you're gonna put Lingard in there, which against the championship side probably not the best idea. You don't want Lingard to be an on-ball creator. You also don't want to start a narrative of you know, Lingard doing well against a championship club and then everyone saying, oh, shouldn't he be starting? If we're not going to loan him out, maybe we should play him. Yeah, I mean, again, though, like, so people do that and then it's like, who, who is he who is he playing instead of? Because, like, right now I'm more worried about, like, the, the winger who's doing all the things that we need our wingers to do in order to try to increase the amount of goals that we're scoring who can't get into the team. As opposed to like Lingard, who looks good every once in a while, um, but like where are you who who's he playing instead of? You're not gonna bench Ilanga. You're not gonna bench. You you hope Jaden Sancho now comes in on that right wing, mm-hmm. um, or or just yep, Rashford. Rashford's rounding into form now. Right, Rashford could play on the right wing too. Like you're not playing Lingard over them. You're not playing Lingard over Bruno. Right. I mean, Lingard at least has the opportunity now to kind of take up that space of being a key substitute, which I know is not a position that he wants to play, but I think that could be a space that he could really thrive in coming in. And, like and he has thrived in it this season. In the, between yeah. the 70th minute, yeah. And, yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that's he, something he still that... has unrelenting pace. Yes. He's somebody that you don't want to see come in and face you after you've been running against someone else for 70 minutes. Yeah, and uh, but he could lose that spot too to Mr. Hannibal. Oh, well, Mr. won't lose it to Donnie. Right. <laughs> Donnie, yeah. who? How we, how we feel about Donnie playing with Super Frank? <laughs> I mean, I I wish he'd. Gone We're laughing. To, We're laughing about I it. I wish he'd gone to Palace, play for a real manager. But yeah, I I don't see how he's a real midfielder. I don't see how he fits in at Palace, really, or, like, I think if you fit him in at Palace, you're basically, you have to, 
take some other players who have been playing well and change the formation a bit, which, or you have to put Donny Van de Beek in a position where he's not going to thrive. But Everton is like hilarious. Yeah. Everton's kind of a hilarious, like they're just a mess. Lampard comes in on like Monday, signs a midfielder, then signs another midfielder who probably fits what Lampard wants to do more in the exact same uh, position. Only neither of them have been good in England for at least two years. <laughs> right. I mean, Delhi is like streaky. So if you can get him going, he's probably going to start for five or six matches straight. But after that, you know. There's also more incentive to play Delhi Ali over Donny Van de Beek. Because was, he's a permanent move, not a loan. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and and I, I mean, I, I guess I, I wanted to have seen Donny's face when they when they made that announcement that they made the permanent signing of Deli Ali. Like, can you just imagine what his face looked like when he, he like pulled up Twitter? Well, like what Poor midfielders guy. do do Everton still have? Um, I believe they still have uh, Decore. Yeah, um, Corey Allen. And it's it's like a it's a scenario where you're playing you have to play a three man midfield and um so Donnie or Delhi are that third man, but also how do you like work that in if you have Calvert Lewin and Richarlison up front? Uh so it's interesting and Frank Lampard is not the most tactically advanced manager. So and they also have Andrews Townsend and they have Damari <laughs> Gray and they have uh Steel Walcastle on there or did he finally leave? Right. It's not a good sign that like Donnie Van de Beek's taking the Davy Proper route because Davy Proper's thirty one and just retired from football and he was Maybe maybe Donnie could learn how to play left back since they gave away Dinier for peanuts. Yeah, but we, we have a left back. Like maybe Donnie can learn how to play right back and that'll solve the right back issues. Although Donnie's thing again is run. Sir. <laughs> are you trying to get our mentions blown up over like the three Dallow stands who are like, see, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I I mean, I guess Everton's lot hope for Donnie is he turns out to be like Everton good. So I guess that's United's hope. Like, hope that he's Everton good so they'll pay us $25 million for him. Because if he lights the world on fire, he's, he's coming back to United. <laughs> and then what do we do with him again? Sell him to Barcelona. Then you could probably sell him for a lot of money because he's going to play here. <laughs> I heard Barcelona. I, I have a feeling United gosh. aren't going to have to worry about that, though. Yeah. I mean, well, like, aside from, you know, what do they do with him? Everton are just like bad yeah and then like, frank lampard like there's a legitimate threat that they could be relegated if they keep going the way they've been going i mean yeah but like that also requires like burnley to win games in hand and yeah stuff. like there's some bad teams and down then, like newcastle are what a point above right now and they just got better so there's there's still the like the idea though that you need these these players need to settle, and that may not happen. So Newcastle, all right, they were ambitious and they made a bunch of signings. That doesn't always work. Um, like Alexander Solskjaer at Cardiff made like nine signings in January, and that was actually more than he wanted, and that kind of undid the team. 
And he has spoken about that. Of It was too many. And now we had to bleed in essentially an entire new team in the second half of the season. And it screwed things up. And there was this great article in The Athletic yesterday about, all right, like all the, there was, it was a frenetic deadline day and like all these players, they called like damaged goods are moving and they get second chances. And it's like, well, why are they available? And it's like, they're available because the transfers failed. Um, like, all right. So Deli Ali didn't fail. He was signed for nothing coming from MK Don's had some great years and he's fizzled out. Donnie Von Bake has been basically a failed transfer. Um, mo- and most transfers do like the, the, this is, this is something that you read, you pick up a book in 2009 and, uh, it's concluded like the majority of transfer money is just wasted. Like I said, we're paying 11. We've already paid 11 million pounds in just wages for six non penalty premier league goals. Like, is that what you want that we're paying 500,000 pounds a week for? Um, Like just so much money gets wasted. So many transfers are don't work out that, just because teams made moves on paper doesn't mean that they're going to get better. Right, but excitement. Yeah, yeah, sell excitement. <laughs> sell that. Sell that shit. Look, this is everything that you're saying, Polly. Like, I get it. But also, like, that's pretty rude of you to talk about Vince Young and the 2011 Philadelphia Eagles like like that, you know? Nathan's Dream just sitting there being baby. like, I'm a social media manager, so, like, signings are good because that's what I get to promote <laughs> and post about. <laughs> Shout out to the Richmond Kickers resigning Jonathan Bolaños today. That's a winger that United should look at. Did you see uh, who Sunderland signed today? Is it Jermaine Defoe? It is Jermaine Defoe. Did you see how they did it? You just said I'm back. They they basically did the Michael Jordan facts, and I gotta ask Nathan, like, does that does that bother you when you're like, we spend so much time thinking of like how to do an announcement and like, God damn it. They just, all they got to do is like run back one from 20 years ago. And like, that's the greatest thing the internet has ever seen. Well, it's Cause the internet didn't that exist because... when Jordan did it. Uh, our press release at the Richmond kickers released today had a much longer headline that I had written and I sent it over to the technical staff for approval. And I checked my Google docs this morning as I was getting ready to publish it. And it just said, Bolaños is back. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? That is better. <laughs> Straightforward, short, it's catchy. Yeah. You know. When uh, I, in, I, when say, I interned though, in. I don't care about any Sunderland news until it's announced that season three of Sunderland Till I Die is coming. Because oh, they, they, I, they, I saw a rumor that like they might, that they're considering bringing back Roy Keane, which, all right, good. Give him something to do other than sit in the studio and bitch about United. Unfortunately, uh, it is possible to manage a League One or League Two side and still get on Sky Sports every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, when I was interning at NPR, I was like in charge of making a client's like social media post, which back then was just Facebook. And this is 10 years ago about... So like it was really nothing, and I back when someone, you put seventeen hashtags on a post. I don't even think I did that good of a job. It was like the guy <laughs> gave me like he's like yeah like I just try to like make a post every day about something. So like I look up like what's like an you know like obscure holiday days like oh National Donut Day whatever etc. And like I set a record for most engage and like so like every day you're doing these things and like trying to think of something witty or something to do. And it was like, I set a record for the highest engagement on a post 
by the client. They were like really thrilled and everything. And it was like, what was it? It was like, we're wishing you a happy Veterans Day. <laughs> Res- res- <laughs> respecting the troops. <laughs> Mash that light hey, button. As we, as we learned with the Edison Cavani post the other week, you know, sometimes the simplest things do the best. And the things that you spend way too much time on, like creating memes in Adobe Premiere that take, you know, two hours and they only get 15 likes and then you steal one of Polly's text messages and make it a tweet. All of a sudden you do 11.2 thousand. So, you know, it's just, it is. Yeah, what it right. Is. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I forgot yeah. which post it was, but yeah. <laughs> we uh, we got to get it's a, the one that's pinned to the Twitter. We got we to get another one going so we can get over 10,000 followers. Straight up. We're, we're I fired up a text in the group chat. And the next thing I know is it's our best tweet ever. <laughs> By the way, if you listen to this podcast and you don't follow us on Twitter, uh, do it. Yeah, get us to ten thousand. Smash that like button. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm going to have less followers on Twitter once this podcast comes out. Maybe we'll get a Twitch stream going. If you're still uh, listening, you at, if you're still listening at this we point and you still follow lines. me, I appreciate that. Right. Um. All right. So I think that's going to do it uh, for us this episode. Um. Hold on, we haven't made any references to the American men's national team yet. Well, they're about to freeze their (laughs) every body part off because U.S. soccer is just a bunch of... We were supposed to get Aaron on to talk about uh, Canada and the the resurgence of, um, you know, whatever their team is called, nickname-wise. And then we... They're they're the Canucks. Uh, Okay. Isn't that a hockey team, though? It is. But I was going to guess Maple Leafs, but that's also a hockey team. In the same way that, like, we refer to ourselves as the Yanks, I think, they, Canucks, I think, is shorthand for you know, the Canadians. Gotcha. Well, but yeah, we don't want to talk to Aaron now because that game stunk, and I want nothing to do with it. I'd like to purge it from my memory. I would I would just like to blast Greg Berhalter into the universe, into Steven, the, into the sun. Smith was, was talking <laughs> about Berhalter on ESPN. That was fun. Yeah, I mean, there's just he has taken the most exciting generation of like U.S. players that we've ever had and just made them not exciting. Yeah. And then and then behind him is U.S. soccer doing these dumb, dumb things like, hey, let's play a game in Minnesota in February because uh, we're afraid that like there's going to be a few thousand Honduras fans in the in the stadium like. Get out of here. Yeah. Or like, hey, let's <laughs> quietly reinstate all these problematic people we very publicly got rid of a few years ago. <laughs> well, you know, that well, that goes back to the whole thing is if you can make the organization money, we yeah. will have you. We will look past a lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks Everybody for listening. Do better and be better. <laughs> that, thanks. for That's our new Avvita saying. We're just going to tell you to be better people. Just be better. And then do better and be better. Do yeah. better, be better. And then when you're done being better, start thinking of songs that would be on Robert Pattinson's Batman playlist. Because <laughs> I want that Spotify playlist now. Yeah, I might make one, honestly. But uh, yeah, more on that next time. <laughs>